Hi, I'm Christine Dorr, owner of Neo Coco. And I'm Tammy Tan, owner of Spice Hound. And we are co-owners of Kitchen 519, a commercial rental kitchen in Belmont, California. Welcome to Lettuce Wrap, the podcast about food, food business, and the people who work in the industry. So, Christine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm taking Christine away from packing chocolates. (laughs) So, Christine, what do you think is our intentions for our Lettuce Wrap? Uh, we started this podcast because Tammy and I each have our own food businesses. We work out of our commercial kitchen. We run this commercial kitchen together. We also rent out to other food businesses. And we talk to them about their business. We talk to each other about our businesses. <laughs> we talk a lot about business. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we thought we should share this with people. Yeah, we figured if we're also interested in learning about other people's stories, maybe other people will be also interested in learning about other people's origins and maybe the lessons they've learned starting up a new business. So it's not just only for people who start food businesses, but really anybody who wants to become an entrepreneur, really. And sometimes, you know, I don't even think of those things that when you start up, it was so long ago, it was ancient ago when I started my business. And I forget about how difficult it can be. So it's good to hear from people who are just starting up. And of course, it's also great to hear from people who have been doing this longer than me. And I get inspired by them. I get inspired by both. I know. And we actually do know a lot of people in the industry in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we thought we have good friends here. They will share their lessons learned, their thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the best way to do it is work with your friends and family first, right? Right. So some of the interviews that we're starting with are going to be friends. People who will be kind to us. People who will be gentle with us. And we are recording in a commercial kitchen. So at times you may hear some little noises behind us in the background that sound kitcheny. Yeah, there'll be clicks and bangs and all that kind of stuff. But we'll try to minimize that as much as we can. So, you know, we hope that uh, you'll forgive us with our hiccups in the beginning. But over time, like everybody else, we will learn and hopefully we'll get better. And hopefully everybody else will learn from what our guests have to say. Exactly. Christine is the owner of Neo Coco. I love her tagline, hearts of truffles. <laughs> Do you call that naked truffles? No. <laughs> okay. They're unshelled chocolate truffles. And that is... Exactly telling of how much I know of the chocolate world versus Christine's professionally trained background. I'm professionally trained chef. Right. But I am not professionally trained chocolatier. Interesting. I'm not even professionally trained. Dessert chef? Yeah. Pastry. Yeah. Don't let that get out. <laughs> we will. I don't know if I should say that or not. So you're a professionally trained chef. So your first job was to actually work on a line. No. Oh. The the job that took me to going to culinary school is working at a chocolate shop, selling just behind the counter when I was 17. So that's what kind of got me to going to culinary school. I went to the California Culinary Academy in San Francisco, 1989 to 1990. I was in a butchery class. dating herself. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It doesn't exist anymore at culinary school. So I was in a butchery class. And I was deboning a duck. And I said, I think I'd rather be in the candy kitchen. So that's kind of 
I finished the, the whole culinary program. Did you fail butchering class? No, no. I was actually really good at it. But I decided, no, I don't want to be doing that. I want to be in the candy kitchen. But you did complete your whole certification. Oh, yeah. 16 months. So I'm certifiable. <laughs> I have my AA in culinary arts. But previous to that, you went to school for graphic design, correct? Or was that after? Yes. There's been a sandwich, a sandwich of chefery. So yes, I first went to, so I did that first job when I was 17. It was in a place called Coca-Cola. It was a bakery in Stanford Shopping Center. So I worked there when I was 17 till probably about 19. And I went to culinary school. Then I went and worked at a hotel. I think that was my first job out of culinary school. And did pastry there, tiramisu, lots of tiramisu, as I recalled. And then so many jobs, so many jobs, two, three jobs at a time. But, you know, you're young and ambitious and don't know any better. And <laughs> When you say so many jobs, you're talking about you had. I've worked so many places. So many places yeah. just jumping from job to job or multiple jobs at the same time. Oh, yeah, time. both. Multiple jobs at the same time. Whatever to around. support yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Many places, you know, they need a pastry person at night on the line, mm -hmm. and then they need another kind of situation that would be like a restaurant. And then another kind of situation, you have uh, somebody who wants a baker. So then it'd be early hours. So yeah, did that uh, for a while, about 10 years. And then what made you decide to go get a degree in graphic design? So um, I got kind of burnt out on working in a kitchen. I wanted to work in a cubicle. I wanted nine to five. I wanted Monday through Friday. I wanted to paint my nails. I wanted to do my hair. I wanted to go home not smelling like food. So I And that lasted for how long? Seven years. So I went to school and uh, San Jose State, graphic design. Great school. Yeah. And very impacted major was able to get in. You're allowed to try to get in two times. And thankfully, I got in the first time. I think it was because I was like 30 years old, too. Mm -hmm. So just more serious student. And then my assumption is after that, you decided to come back to chocolates, yeah. right? Or confectioner. Well, I turned 40. And I asked myself, you know, are you going to keep doing this? Or are you going to? Because I've always tried to start businesses of my own. I uh, did. I had a cra little craft business where I did around did little crafts fairs when I was a teenager. Had a resale license, so I know I always wanted to have my own thing. So at forty, I'm like, oh, you know, am I going to keep working for somebody else, or am I going to do something that I love? So you went from I wanted a nine to five, and I'm like, I wanted the stability too. Now I want to go back to the chaos of right. being an entrepreneur. Right. So I knew what I was getting in back into because so many people, when I said I want to start my business, so that's what I did. I said, I, you know, what would I do for nothing? I say, I make chocolate. And I remember there was these little chocolate, you're going to get sick of hearing this story, I'm sure. <laughs> There's these little chocolates that I sold um, when I worked at Coca-Cola that were in the back of the case. Uh, one was a little square one. One was a, a round one. And those were called the house truffles. And one was peppermint and one was just dark chocolate. And I used to eat those up like crazy. 
So when I decided what, what I do with chocolate, I said, I, I want those things, but I want them in different flavors. So I started experimenting with a refrigerated, because those were refrigerated truffles. And I knew I wanted to sell wholesale because I didn't want to do retail. I didn't want to be tied down to a retail shop. So I tried to imagine finding my truffles in the refrigerated section in a grocery store and slowly realized you know, that wasn't going to work. I need to make these things shelf-stable so they would be with all the other chocolates. So I reformulated and came up with five core flavors, my first five flavors, and then in the midst, probably about a year later, uh, I found out about La Cocina, went to an orientation there. Of course, felt very comfortable because I was sitting in a kitchen and got into their program. The rest is history. You started a business, too. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Tell us what it's called. It's called Spice Hound. So... Uh, similar time frame, actually very similar time frame to you about 11 years ago. I was actually working in high tech and um, getting burnt out. Same feeling probably. And I decided to start, I wanted to start a food business and I didn't want to do a restaurant because I didn't want to have the crazy hours that a restaurant would have. Why food? Um, it's always a love of mine. I mean, I I was not so unlike you. I didn't go to culinary school. Um, I was kind of raised in a food household, you know. Where I guess part of my background is I'm Malaysian, and so if people know Malaysians, we're a little food crazy. <laughs> you know, eating it, making it, obsessive almost about it, and and so um, Malaysian food is slowly becoming known, but it, it, it's sort of a melting pot of flavors. It's um, Malay, Chinese, and Indian cuisines all kind of stirred up together. And so we're extremely food crazy there uh, in Southeast Asia. And so one of the things that I thought about was, what do I like to cook? I like to cook Chinese, Indian, you know, Malaysian food. And so... I thought about it more and I was like, there's actually ingredients that I, I'm i always bringing back from Malaysia when I go visit my family. Mm. And it always seems to be like spices, like, for instance, Indian spices. And most of the U.S. don't always have an Indian grocery store around the corner like we do in the Bay Area. Right. Yeah, we're spoiled here. We're a little bit spoiled here. But even in the Bay Area, it's not always easy to find the right spice blend or the right spices. And so I was like, well, if I'm looking for it, other people must be looking for it. And that's why I started Spice Town. Yeah, you found a need. Yes. And a niche, niche, <laughs> right? And so I decided that to not just focus on Malaysian spices, which is, you know, surprisingly specific it feels like you know i wanted to bring in um spices that can create any cuisines right i mean the thing with spice hound or the, the reason why i started is like everybody has like a piece of chicken but to create cuisine you typically need flavorings or spices or whatever it is and 
that's what intrigued me about spices is that that piece of chicken can change into into something like Indian chicken or French chicken or whatever, right. you know, cuisine. Yes. And so that's why I was like, I love spices because it's what, you know, can create the cuisine of right. choice. Yeah. And so then all the spices that I bring in, I want people to be able to have that power to, to change it into anything that they want. Yeah, so versatile. Right. That's kind of why maybe I have a little more uh, a global spice collection that I offer. You know, and I started selling it at um, farmers markets. So, unlike you, I also went a different route. I went more retail. <laughs> so, I actually had a small little kiosk um, cart on the weekends at Santana Row, which is in San Jose. And uh, they were offering these little kiosks, and I was there all day Saturday, all day Sunday. I don't think I knew this. Yeah. And I started there, and then it turned out that they had a farmers market on the street on Sunday. And so then it like worked out because I was there, but then I had to continue being there, but you know, it was fine. And I parlayed, I guess, being in that kiosk into getting into that farmer's market because they always had saw me on the cart and they saw my, my product. And so they let me get into that farmer's market like after uh, I think six months or so. That's weird. I met you there too. I mean, I didn't, we didn't meet the first time there, but I've Saw I did me see at, you. Yeah, I talked to you when you were there. Yeah, and I think I met quite a few people um, through that because I think having spices at a farmer's market was already unusual. And so most people do did meet me. At least a lot of my wholesale customers met me through there. And then um, I kind of, you know, went into more farmer's markets. And then eventually, years later, I had a storefront in San Francisco. Then I had another one. <laughs> and then decided to shut down those storefronts because I decided to have kids. <laughs> oh, you can't do both. I personally cannot. <laughs> I I am in awe of people who can manage running an online business, running a retail store, and also managing their family. I I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Tell us about the name too. Oh, Spice Hound. Yeah. <laughs> there is another website out there called Chow Hound, and I was like, "That's such a great name." And so, in in my head, with hounds, right, that their dogs like to smell and sniff things, and I also thought, okay, dogs like to seek out things. So, if a Chow Hound is a seeker of good food, Spice Hound is a seeker of good spices. Uh-huh. And that's where I came up with the name. Oh, that's great. So, and then, you know, the connotation of what a dog does is they like to sniff out things. And that's what I always do with food and spices and everything. I'm always smelling things. I know. I'm always giving you things to smell and taste. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, I've become Christine's taster. <laughs> and it's such a hard job, can I tell you, <laughs> tasting different chocolates. <laughs> Whiskey, honey. Ah, love that yeah. one. That's a good one. But okay, whiskey with smoked salt, not no, so much. <laughs> no, though not. you have some fat. You have a fabulous truffle with one of my apple with smoked salts. Yes, which works great with that truffle, right. but not with all whiskey of them. and yeah. Tr- chocolate. Yeah. So I guess we should also mention um, Christina and I. We actually worked together in the same commercial kitchen. Yes, we moved in together about, about the same time. Yeah, five years ago. Five, six years ago. No, actually, I think it's more. It was five years when we, uh, we'd we been here for five years. So when we seven years now. Yeah. So we've been in the same kitchen for seven years. And Christina and I took over the kitchen two years ago then. 
So that's not correct. I think it's it's three years. So you want to talk about that? Um, it's called Kitchen Five Nineteen. Five Nineteen is in reference to the address. We are at Five Nineteen Marine View in Belmont, California. We don't need all the space in the kitchen, so we like to rent it out to other pe- food entrepreneurs who are starting businesses or who have businesses ongoing. And uh, we've been lucky to find some really good people. We are pretty picky. <laughs> we have a little conversation with them to vet people by meeting them, talking with them. Mm-hmm. So basically, I mean, what Kitchen 519 is a, is a commercial kitchen rental. We rent it out to clients, not by the hour. It's actually, we, we sign typically a one-year contract with them and uh, they pay monthly to us. And we're discerning because Christine is a chocolatier and she does not want cooking, mixing with confections. Yes. Humidity and heat are the enemies of chocolate. And chocolate is my baby and I must take care of my baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is our, our, our sec- each of our second businesses or this is the third business that's involved. <laughs> Yes. Between us. Yes. So if you're looking for a commercial kitchen rental, <laughs> <laughs> we come look at Kitchen 519 Belmont. Uh, if you look on, uh, we have our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Kitchen 519 Belmont. Or should we do a quick fire round? Ooh, okay. Uh, I'll think of three questions and I'll ask you rapid fire. I'm going to ask you one question with three answers. Okay. You okay. start first. Okay. You're on a desert island. There are chickens, which, and there are roosters, so they lay eggs. You can make them any, you can eat these things any way you want, like barbecue them or whatever, fry them, whatever you want. What three spices are you going to take with you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. The first two is pretty easy. Salt yes, and pepper. I know. I know. Everybody the third does. one. Well, I was going to, any kind of special salt? No, no, actually. Because if this is a, okay, this is where my geeky side comes out. If this is a fresh chicken that you're going to, you know, I'm going to kill or butcher, right? It's going to be a really nice fresh chicken has not sitting in a refrigeration. I feel like you don't need to mess with something that is mm. going to be fresh, right? Purist. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And that's my belief about steak, but you'll learn soon that I actually don't eat red meat. Oh, yeah. But if, 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 <laughs> if, uh, if the cut of meat, uh, you know, is really fresh and all that, you really don't need more than just salt and pepper. Sorry, I'm going to geek out on that part, but okay. Any kind of special pepper? I know you have so many. <laughs> I, I'm also really classic about that. I, I actually love um, my telecherry black pepper, just like the, the, the smokiness and the richness of it. So, But I also like the lampong. I mean, that's kind of, um, it's an Indonesian black pepper that I grew up with. And so it's delicious too. But telecherry is from India. Okay. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Either or. Um, so salt, pepper, salt, you know, good sea salt out there. So I have a really good um, Korean kosher salt that I love. And I know a lot of people like the Himalayan, but 
It's the color. It's all about the color. It's all about the color and tends to be um, too salty if it's done too late and too not salty enough if you put it too early into cooking. Yeah. So it's a great tip. Yeah. So kosher, uh, that Pacific kosher salt is really delicious or a good French gray salt. Yeah. So gris. It's beautiful. So, okay. Those two. And then let's see. Third thing. I don't know. I mean... Am I not allowed any other condiments? See, this is really funny because um, being Asian, I like soy sauce. (laughs) You can take that. That's fine. That can be your third. Yeah. I, to me, I feel like soy sauce is the umami bomb. So that's great. So even though you have salt, Uh it's different. It's different. I find. So even let's say, okay. You won't need salt. Yeah. I won't need salt. So let's say if I have pepper, soy sauce, then it will be a garlic, so drier or fresh. Either you're making me hungry now. To me, it's just like soy sauce and garlic is my my oh. go to. Wow, that makes me curious on what you're gonna bring. But did you think you probably thought about that? I know you're gonna need to ask me something else. Oh, what? Okay, I was gonna say, what is your favorite flavor of truffle? Oh God! Well, you know, I I can tell you my favorite of mine, but then. I love trying other people's stuff. Okay, <laughs> of your stuff, of your stuff. Well, it's a co- toasted coconut. Oh. For sure. And I have a niece who has chosen that as her favorite also. So I wonder if it's a family thing, because my dad loved coconut too. It's Coconut is a very, um, I feel like it's it's a flavor that everyone seems to yeah. love. It's really popular. Coconut and chocolate. But some people don't like the um, texture yeah. of toasted coconut. Yeah, I know. I get that a lot. It's one of those love-hate things. I grew up with fresh coconut, so to me, I like flavor coconut. Mm. I The texture doesn't bug me. Yeah, and me all too. that. So I'm good with it. Okay, what is your favorite meal? Heirloom tomatoes, herb slab bread, Ripe avocado, brie cheese. Is this all the same yeah, piece this, of bread? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh-huh. like, wow. like, or, you know, combinations. It's just like a plate of all these things, and then you can mix and match. Little salt, little pepper. I don't know why I felt like putting some butter on that. <laughs> I don't know why. Butter? Oh, well, that's what the brie is. Yeah, that's true. What is the weirdest thing you've ever tried? Nothing really. I mean, really, if there's something, if I don't want to try, I don't try. I'm not adventurous like that. Like I won't. You didn't try escargot in no, France. No. But you would never try that. I mean, no, I don't think so. Because does that seem kind of strange to you? Calamari yeah. is that weird? Some yeah, textural. Weird. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't try that. Oh, you've no. had it. Never. No. No. Hmm, frog legs. Definitely around it a lot, but sure. Yes. Frog legs. No. I'd probably try that. Frog legs yeah. tastes like chicken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, huh. No, not very adventuresome. No. no. I can't even think of anything. How about weird things in the Bay Area? What's very specific to us? Like, you know, I always come in drinking pearl tea. Right. I've never or had a pearl tea before. I feel like I, could, feel like I would know what that would be like, though. Tapioca, you know. I've it's made chewy. tapioca pudding before. Yeah. I can imagine. A, yeah. It's a, in a much bigger, thicker form, maybe. But it's more chewier. about... It's more about the adventure, or not the adventure, but just, you know, the act of eating it and drinking it is fun. 
Okay, maybe strange cuisines. I, you know, the Bay Area has quite a lot. We're pretty lucky. The strangest is like Indian. That's not strange. That's not strange. But uh-huh. do, you, do you even like Indian? Uh, I like the stuff that's not spicy. Do you like Thai food? Um, as long as it's not spicy. Yes. I love pad thai. It's all about, um, you know. A wimp. <laughs> yes. It's too spicy. I'm not going to like it. So we're not going to enjoy it. Part of the thing with between Christine and I is I've traveled a lot in my lifetime. And so I've lived a lot of places and I've traveled the world. But Christine likes to describe herself as? Midwestern kind of meat and potatoes, yeah, meat and potatoes gal. Yeah, and I I like all sorts of flavors and especially spicy things. And oh man, Christine does not no, like spicy. <laughs> spicy for me. Right. Can't. Okay. Yeah. So now we learn. Not that adventurous. No. <laughs> so how do we want to sign off? Um ding ding. <laughs> It's not happening. No trolley car sounds or fog horns. <laughs> but um, thank you for listening to us. It's, it's a wrap. wrap. <laughs> <laughs>